other beautiful verses to think about. The beauty, sweetness, and purity of the glorious Quran are limitless, so let me just cite some Quranic verses without any comment or explanation. I'd love you to think and ponder over them. Try to discover more of the treasures of the final testament, the Quran. Allah and his messenger. It is he, Allah, who has sent his messenger, Muhammad, with guidance and the religion of truth. Muhammad is not the father of any of your men, but he is the messenger of Allah and the seal of the prophets, and Allah has full knowledge of all things. Tranquility in Paradise It is he, Allah, who sent down tranquility into the hearts of the believers, that they would increase in faith along with their present faith, that he may admit the believing men and the believing women to gardens beneath which rivers flow, to abide therein eternally, and remove from them their misdeeds, and ever is that in the sight of Allah a great success. O reassured content soul, return to your Lord, well pleased and well pleasing to him, and enter among my righteous servants and enter my paradise. Men and Women in Islam Indeed, the Muslim men and Muslim women, the believing men and believing women, the obedient men and obedient women, the truthful men and truthful women, the patient men and patient women, the humble men and humble women, the charitable men and charitable women, the fasting men and fasting women, the men who guard their private parts, and the women who do so, and the men who remember Allah much and the women who do so. For them Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. And whoever does righteous deeds, whether male or female, while being a believer, those will enter paradise. Brilliant Teachings And hasten to forgiveness from your Lord in a garden, i.e. paradise, as wide as the heavens and earth, prepared for the righteous, who spend during ease and hardship, and who restrain anger and who pardon the people. And Allah loves doers of good. And those who, if they commit an immorality or wrong themselves, remember Allah and seek forgiveness for their sins. And who can forgive their sins except Allah? And who do not persist in what they have done when they come to know? Those, their reward is forgiveness from their Lord, and gardens beneath which rivers flow in paradise, wherein they will abide eternally. Excellent is the reward of the righteous workers. Do's and Don'ts Do not worship other than Allah, and to parents do good and to relatives, orphans, and the needy speak kindly to mankind. Remembrance and Rest Those who have believed and whose hearts have rest in the remembrance of Allah, verily in the remembrance of Allah do hearts find rest. In concluding this section, believe me, the truths, beauties, and wonders of the glorious Quran have no end. The more we read it, the more discoveries we make, and the more we feel that we are reading it for the first time. Moreover, there are many other areas of interest, such as the authentic, linguistic, scientific, remedial, and miraculous nature of the Quran, which I have not included here because of the size of this book. Part 4. A Break, A Beautiful Contribution The Religion of Adam and Eve by Linda Barto. One of the beauties of Islam is the discovery that God did not create humanity as spiritual beings, and then abandon us to figure out for ourselves the value and purpose of our spiritual selves. He endowed us with questioning minds that search for truth. He provided each person a cup of guidance that never empties, as long as he or she continues to drink from it. Through the prism of God's perfection, his light casts a rainbow of mercy, grace and justice, and our souls are coloured with the perfect faith God created for us. 
God created the world and everything in it for the benefit of humanity, so it just makes sense that his creation included a true and perfect religion. What was the religion that God ordained for Adam and Eve? According to the Quran, the religion chosen for us was simply complete submission to God, which in Arabic is called Islam. The Quran describes it as the religion of Abraham, who was called God's friend. He simply submitted himself to God. The Islamic perspective is that every person is born with a soul in submission to God, but that he or she is free to make choices that conform to or divert from the life of righteousness for which he or she was created. At some point in life, each person must make a personal decision whether to stay the course of submission to God or to indulge in a corrupt lifestyle of self-centeredness, materialism and impious gratification. Of course, many people are led away from the true and good path by unbelieving parents or by abusive or tragic circumstances void of spiritual nurturing. The Islamic perspective of God is one who judges according to each individual's comprehension and innate tendencies. We can be sure that his decisions on the day of judgment will be fair. When a person submits his or her whole self to God, every aspect of a person's being, mind, body and soul, must be devoted to God. Keeping one's soul pristine through prayer and worship is of vital importance, but is also important to expose the mind to wholesome knowledge and to engage the body in a healthy lifestyle. Islam offers the opportunity to discover your total being as you were created to be. By becoming a Muslim, you become your true self as you leave all arduous baggage behind and travel the road your feet were placed upon when you entered this life. The dynamic truths of Islam can amplify and clarify truths of all religions while helping believers discern and discard falsehood. The embrace of Islam is universal. Part 5. The Truth About the Final Prophet Muhammad, may Allah's blessings and peace be upon him, the son of Abdullah, was born in Makkah around the year 570 CE. He was known by his people as Al-Amin, the trustworthy one. When Muhammad reached the age of 40, the angel Gabriel came to him with revelation. Muhammad was first ordered to instruct his immediate family to Islam, including his wife, Qadiyya. And eventually it was revealed to him that he should begin delivering the message to all mankind. In the next years of his life, he communicated the message of Allah to others, set an excellent example, and was a perfect role model for humanity. In the year 632, Prophet Muhammad departed from the world at the age of 63. Prophet Muhammad, may God's blessings and peace be upon him, is called the Seal of the Prophets. He was the final prophet and was sent to confirm all the truth that was revealed before him, including the original Gospel of Jesus. The glorious Quran does testify that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and Seal of the Prophets. Confirming the link between him and Jesus, Prophet Muhammad mentioned, If a man believes in Jesus and then believes in me, he will get a double reward. Also, Prophet Muhammad stated, I am the nearest of all the people to Jesus, the son of Mary, for there was no prophet between me and him. These prophetic sayings show us how Muhammad honored Jesus. May God's blessings and peace be upon them. This was a prophecy which Jesus made in the Bible. I will present it after a while. Prophet Muhammad's Great Personality Muhammad, from his childhood through his youth, through his prophethood until his death, has been seen by fair people throughout history as a special and great personality in his unique character and morals. He was merciful, honest, sincere, kind and humble. Every detail of his private life and public utterances has been accurately and authentically documented, 
and faithfully preserved up to the present day. He was a prophet, a messenger, a religious teacher, a social reformer, a moral guide, a leader, a statesman, a faithful friend, a wonderful companion, a devoted husband, a loving father. In this regard, Ramakrishna Rao, an Indian professor of philosophy in his booklet Muhammad, the Prophet of Islam, calls him the perfect model for human life. Professor Rao clarifies, The personality of Muhammad, it is most difficult to get into the whole truth of it. Only a glimpse of it I can catch. What a dramatic succession of picturesque scenes. There is Muhammad the prophet, Muhammad the warrior, Muhammad the businessman, Muhammad the statesman, Muhammad the orator, Muhammad the reformer, Muhammad the refuge of orphans, Muhammad the protector of slaves, Muhammad the emancipator of women, Muhammad the judge, Muhammad the saint. All in all, these magnificent roles in all these departments of human activities, he is alike a hero. Historically, during a short period of about 23 years of his prophethood, he changed the complete Arabian Peninsula from paganism and idolatry to submission to one god, from tribal quarrels and wars to solidarity and cohesion, from drunkenness and debauchery to sobriety and piety, from lawlessness and anarchy to disciplined living, from utter moral bankruptcy to the highest standards of moral excellence. Human history has never known such a complete transformation of a society, or a place before or since, and imagine all these unbelievable wonders in just over two decades. Prophet Muhammad in the World Scriptures While it is not the main theme of this book to detail all the prophecies in other religious scriptures for telling the coming of Prophet Muhammad, I should mention that Muslim scholars have noted such in the Parsi, Hindu, Buddhist, Jewish and Christian scriptures. Indeed, Muhammad in other scriptures is a very interesting topic, which has been thoroughly discussed in many books and articles, as well as on the internet. To get more information about this topic, you may go to Dr. Zakir Naik's website, www.irf.net, or just search the internet typing these words, Prophet Muhammad, Muhammad in the Hindu scriptures, Muhammad in the Bible, etc. Among the books, for example, A.H. Vidyarthi and U. Ali have written a book entitled Muhammad in Parsi, Hindu, and Buddhist Scriptures. In his wonderful book, Muhammad in the Bible, Professor Abdul Ahad Dawood, formerly the Reverend David Benjamin, comments on the Bible foretelling the advent of the Prophet, who is like unto thee, Moses, explaining, We read the following words in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verse 8. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth. If these words do not apply to Muhammad, they still remain unfulfilled. Jesus himself never claimed to be the prophet alluded to. Jesus, as is believed by his church, will appear as a judge and not as a lawgiver, but the promised one has to come with a fiery law in his hand. Muslim scholars assert that this prophecy applies to none other than Muhammad. Moses and Muhammad are alike in many ways. They both have the same first letter of their names. They are alike in their natural births, marriages, missions, and natural deaths. Both were prophets, rulers, leaders, and statesmen. Both brought a fiery law. On the other hand, Jesus is unlike Moses in several matters. His birth, mission, and end are unlike those of Moses. Jesus did not get married, nor did he rule his people or fight in wars like Moses. It is worth mentioning that a prophet from among their brethren refers to a prophet from the brothers of the Israelites, i.e. the Ishmaelites. In the New Testament of the Bible, Jesus also prophesied the coming of another comforter. Jesus declared, And he shall give you another comforter.
In addition, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. So who is this other comforter to come after Jesus? Indeed, Muslim scholars state that it is only Muhammad who completely fulfilled Jesus' prophecy for many reasons. To mention some, Jesus' reference to another comforter cannot apply to the Holy Spirit, since the Holy Spirit, part of the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, according to the Christians who believe in it, was there before and during the mission of Jesus, according to the Bible, while the Comforter was to come after. Moreover, Muhammad came to warn people of sin and command them to do righteousness. He was a ruler and a judge with a law in his right hand. Muhammad guided people to the ultimate truth concerning the one true God, the truth about the purpose of this life, the truth about the hereafter and eternal life, and many other things. He showed us things to come through many prophecies and miracles given to him by the one who sent him Allah. Muhammad was a prophet who did not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He was the instrument through whom God revealed his word, the glorious Quran, and Muhammad recited God's word in the name of Allah. The Bible prophesied that he shall speak in my name. In fact, the chapters of the glorious Quran are preceded by the phrase, in the name of Allah. Muhammad and the glorious Quran indeed glorified Jesus highly, peace be upon them. In honor of him, Muslims like to name their children Asa, Arabic for Jesus. Furthermore, when the Jews asked John the Baptist who he was, he denied being the Christ or Elijah or that prophet. Who are you? And he, John, confessed, I am not the Christ. And then they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you that prophet? And he answered, No. Again, Muslim scholars argue that Muhammad is the one referred to in this biblical text. Are you that prophet? And he answered, No. So who is that prophet? Clearly, that prophet does not apply to John the Baptist nor to Jesus the Christ as John testified himself. Therefore, a wise, honest and sincere seeker of the truth should objectively ask, Who is that prophet? Who is the true prophet that came after John and Jesus conveying their original message about the one true God alone? He is Muhammad. Excerpts of what they said about Prophet Muhammad a great deal has been written about the Prophet Muhammad, may Allah's blessings and peace be upon him. Below are just some statements said by well-known figures. Lamartine, the famous historian, mentioned, If greatness of purpose, smallness of means, and outstanding results are the three criteria of human genius, who could dare to compare any great man in modern history with Muhammad? He concluded, As regards all the standards by which human greatness may be measured, we may well ask, is there any man greater than he? In his book, The One Hundred, a ranking of the most influential persons in history, Michael H. Hart stated, My choice of Muhammad to lead the list of the world's most influential persons may surprise some readers and may be questioned by others. But he was the only man in history who was supremely successful on both the religious and secular levels. Hart concluded that, It is this unparalleled combination of secular and religious influence 
which I feel entitles Muhammad to be considered the most influential single figure in human history. In his book, The Genuine Islam, Sir George Bernard Shaw said, I believe that if a man like him were to assume the leadership of the modern world, he would succeed in solving its problems in a way that would bring to this world much-needed peace and happiness. Shaw added that, He was by far the most remarkable man that ever set foot on this earth. He preached a religion, founded a state, built a nation, laid down a moral code, initiated numerous social and political reforms, established a powerful and dynamic society to practice and represent his teachings, and completely revolutionized the worlds of human thought and behavior for all times to come. Mahatma Gandhi pointed out, I became more than convinced that it was not the sword that won a place for Islam in those days in the scheme of life. It was the rigid simplicity, the utter self-effacement of the Prophet, the scrupulous regard for his pledges, his intense devotion to his friends and followers, his intrepidity, his fearlessness, his absolute trust in God and in his own mission. Wolfgang Goethe, the most famous European poet, believed that he is a prophet and not a poet, and therefore his Quran is to be seen as a divine law and not as a book of human being made for education or entertainment. The Encyclopedia Britannica, Volume 12, cited a mass of detail in the early sources show that he was an honest and upright man who had gained the respect and loyalty of others who were likewise honest and upright men. Muhammad is the most successful of all prophets and religious personalities. Thomas Carlyle, in his book Heroes and Hero Worship, stated, How one man single-handedly could weld warring tribes and wandering Bedouins into a most powerful and civilized nation in less than two decades. The lies, western slander, which well-meaning zeal has heaped round this man, Muhammad, are disgraceful to ourselves only. In a more recent work, John Esposito, who is a university professor of religion and international affairs, director of the Center for International Studies at the College of the Holy Cross, and founding director of PABT, Center for Muslim-Christian Understanding, Georgetown University, pointed out in his book Islam, The Straight Path, Muhammad was among those great religious figures, prophets, and founders of religions whose remarkable character and personality inspired uncommon confidence and commitment. His phenomenal success in attracting followers and creating a community state that dominated Arabia could be attributed not only to the fact that he was a shrewd military strategist, but also to the fact that he was an unusual man. Muhammad's followers found him righteous, trustworthy, pious, honest, and compassionate. He clarifies that, Muhammad was not the founder of Islam. He did not start a new religion. Professor Esposito stressed this fact. Islam brought a reformation. It was the call once again to total submission, Islam, to Allah, and the implementation of his will is revealed in its complete form one final time to Muhammad, the last or seal of the prophets. Thus, for Muhammad, Islam was not a new faith, but the restoration of the true faith. Beautiful Prophetic Sayings do you still remember what was mentioned in part one, just the tip of the iceberg, of this book? The concepts mentioned there are based on the guidance of the Quran and the sayings of Prophet Muhammad. Below are just some examples of the prophetic sayings to give you a taste of their beauty and sweetness. A good word is charity. A sincere smile is charity. The best of you are the best in character. Removing a harmful thing from the path or road is charity. The best aspect of faith is patience and tolerance. A man asked the Messenger of Allah which aspect of Islam is best. He replied, 
Feed and greet both those you know and those you do not know. Moreover, the Prophet Muhammad, may Allah's blessings and peace be upon him, said, The compassionate one, God, has mercy on those who are merciful. If you show mercy to those who are on the earth, he who is in heaven will show mercy to you. None of you truly believes until he wishes for his brother what he wishes for himself. He who eats his fill while his neighbor goes to bed without food is not a believer. The powerful is not he who knocks the other down. Indeed, the powerful is he who controls himself in a fit of anger. God does not judge you according to your bodies and appearances, but he scans your hearts and looks into your deeds. The best of you is he who is best to his family, and I am the best among you to my family. The best of you are those who are best to their women. The best of Islam is to behave with gentleness and tolerance. The best people are those most beneficial to other people. These are just some examples of the prophetic, wise, wonderful, and golden sayings. Practicing what he said and taught, Prophet Muhammad's dealings and actions with others reflected his special and unique personality in his morals, mercy, honesty, sincerity, kindness, truthfulness, humbleness, generosity, forgiveness, patience, and tolerance, as well as many other great qualities. The stories, examples, and proofs of these magnificent personal attributes of the final prophet are too numerous to mention in detail here. Let us take just one example. After his Makan opponents rejected him and disbelieved in his message, Islam, after persecuting and maltreating him and trying to kill him many times, after torturing and killing many of his followers and loved ones, after fighting him and his companions and driving them out of their homes, properties, and land, what was the reaction of Muhammad towards his Makan enemies when he entered Mecca and liberated it from idolatry and paganism? In the wake of the Muhammad's and the Muslims' great victory, and in the climax of their joy, rapture, and happiness, at coming back home to the sacred city of Mecca, Prophet Muhammad gathered together the Makans, who were afraid that he would harm or kill them in revenge for their past abuse in killing Muslims. Muhammad asked them, What do you think I'm going to do with you? They answered, You are a generous brother, and the son of an honorable brother of ours. Then, the kind, tolerant, generous, and merciful prophet forgave them, announcing, No harm will come to you. You may go. You are free. Have you ever seen such a scene? Have you ever heard such a story? Can you sense the prophet's mercy? Describing this unprecedented historical event, Professor John Esposito stated, Eschewing vengeance and the plunder of conquest, the Prophet instead accepted a settlement granting amnesty rather than wielding the sword towards his former enemies. For their part, the Meccans converted to Islam, accepted Muhammad's leadership, and were incorporated within the Ummah, or Muslim community. In contrast, are you aware of what atrocities various superpower nations committed when they have unjustly attacked, invaded, and tortured others throughout human history? Actually, the more we discover about Muhammad's life, the more we come to realize his excellent conduct and character, and that he is, indeed, sent as a mercy to all peoples. Prophet Muhammad said, I have been sent to perfect the noble traits of your character. Confirming this fact, the glorious Quran reported, Indeed, you are of a great moral character. Part 6. Beautiful Names and Attributes of God These are just some of the meanings of the qualities and attributes of Allah. Allah, the name of the one true God. Ar-Rahman, the compassionate. Ar-Rahim, the merciful.
Al-Malik, the Sovereign Lord, Al-Quduz, the Holy, As-Salam, the Source of Peace, Al-Hakam, the Judge, Al-Alim, the All-Knowing, Al-Basir, the All-Seeing, As-Sami, the All-Hearing, Al-Adi, the Just, Al-Adim, the Great One, Al-Ghafur, the All-Forgiving, Al-Ali, the Most High, the Sublime. The absolute qualities of beauty and perfection belong to Allah, the one true God. Indeed, Allah loves beauty. Prophetic saying. Part 7. Conclusions Islam is the true religion of Adam and Eve and their children till the end of this world. It is simple, logical, clear, practical and comprehensive. The beauty of Islam is infinite, since it comes from the Infinite One, the Creator. The one true God, Allah, stated in the beautiful and unaltered Quran, This day I have perfected for you your religion, and completed my favor upon you, and have approved for you Islam as your religion. Also, the same one true God told us that Muhammad, in his last and final prophet, sent to all mankind, Jews, Christians, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, agnostics, etc., Allah offered his guidance and light to all people and revealed the secrets and keys through which they can achieve tranquility and contentment, as well as spiritual, social and global peace. Islam teaches us to be just, wise, sincere, honest, objective and open-minded in our search for the truth and when dealing with or judging others. Searching for the truth should be based on reliable sources and authentic facts and dealing with or judging others should be performed with justice, positive attitude Dialogue, mutual respect, and clear understandings. About the author Dr. Najee Arfaj attended Michigan State University, USA, and completed his MA and PhD in Applied Linguistics in 1995. He spent more than 20 years researching comparative religion. His last book, Have You Discovered Its Real Beauty?, came about as a result of his extensive research and experience. He frequently gives public lectures around the world. Dr. Najee is the author of several books available on the internet, www.abctruth.net, and presents radio and TV programs. He is also director of the Intercultural Communication Center in Saudi Arabia and head of the Department of English Language at Imam University, Asa Branch, the Eastern Province, Saudi Arabia.